BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again, it's Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. We are taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks to make these race cars go around in circles. I'm Steve Post reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. great. About, I had a great event at yeah. this weekend. No weather delays. Well, sunshine all that? weekend. Yeah. Was not nine zillion degrees like Gateway? Yes. Or was or the weather delays, yes. as you talked about? Um, Sonoma, and we get to the stage. Sometimes the fastest car doesn't always win. That wasn't the case at Sonoma. Yeah. The fastest car won the race. Uh, James Small and Martin Truex Jr. really, really performed well. It was fun watching excellence, and that's what we had on Sunday afternoon. Yep. Yeah, it definitely was. I, uh, I, I tuned into the race. My wife was on a couch beside me, and uh, I think it was about lap nine. I said, Martin Truex Jr. is going to win this race. <laughs> yeah. he, he had driven from, I think they started eighth. Had driven his way up to third. I think he was challenging for second. Uh, really showed a lot of potential early, but they hung on to their speed as well. Uh, really, I don't know that anybody was going to beat the 19 car. Yeah, other than themselves. Other yeah. than themselves, and they, then they, 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 they chose, executed. They, they executed, they executed flawlessly, and they really did a nice job. I think we remember last year, fast forward backward. See, that's not fast forwarding. Rewind. Retra- rewind backward. There we go. Rewind backward. To Sonoma last year, where where are the Toyotas? Best finishing Toyota was 18th last, last year. year. And it started this race, you had five of the top six were Toyotas. <laughs> yeah. I think they've done a great turnaround. Denny Hamlin's gave some credit to, to Tyler Reddick on, on kind of bringing over what he needed out of a race car and let them work on that. I think it's been across the Toyota camp. Obviously, with those two teams being tied together as tightly as they are, I think it's, it's applied to both. Um, They've definitely stepped their game up and, and a far cry from where they were a year ago at Sonoma. So kudos to everyone at the Toyota camp, that's for sure. A couple other things that kind of stand out. Um, and if we're, not, if we're not on here talking about Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we're talking about Front Row Motorsports and Michael McDowell. And by the way, Ryan Briganti is going to join us here on the program from up at Front Row Motorsports. Um, it just seems like every week one of these two teams is just catching our attention. McDowell, man, what a, what a ride he gave that car. Um, uh, had a little problem on the pit stop at the end, and that he put his head down and drove right back through the field up to a sixth place finish. Pretty pretty strong effort for that team. Yeah, a, a great day for those guys. And you know the the pit stop issue. I went back and looked at this one and kind of did a deeper dive into it. This was you know they had a tire getaway on the racetrack at Charlotte yes. at the Coke Six Hundred. Lost their Jackman, lost their front changer. This was a a replacement guy that that uh, didn't have a lot of experience. And I thought kept his composure really well in a situation when a, a nut got away from the gun and, and composed. They lost eight spots there, but that could have been a much worse situation. Um, but to your point, we looked at Michael last year being in comp- competitive here and having a shot at winning. I think all day long he was in that top three or four yeah, cars and, yeah. and uh, you know came down third there, came out. Came out, I don't know, 11th, I think it was, and three cars stayed out, but then drove his way back to a, a great finish. Right. And uh, um, 
they've done well. I think they've got to look forward at, you know, the schedule we've got coming up as being mm-hmm. very positive for them with three more street slash road courses and Atlanta, Daytona, which I call super speedway races. It's, it's a great opportunity for them coming forward. They got to be excited. They do. They really do. Two teams that stood out to me that I don't think performed as well as they would like to, but got really good results. Paul Wolf and Joey Logano and Alan Gustafson and Chase Elliott. When they were doing on uh, Friends of PRN, I was listening to it. We would not hear Joey Logano and Chase Elliott's name except for in full field rundowns in the back half of the field, it seemed like. And yet when we get to the final tally, they both had top five finishes. Great execution. Great, great execution. Good race cars, but great execution by those teams. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'll take them on one at a time. Yeah. But let's, I'll group with, with Joey Logano. I'll group Kyle Busch into that. Uh, Kyle Busch, too. They correct, were both yeah. on the, you know, around... Plus or minus a couple of spots from 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th range. And uh, they short pitted stage, the stage one points position, which gets them short of, of the leaders coming to pit road and right. gets them that, that two to three second a lap advantage on moving forward. That one didn't play out as big, but they came at, I think, 42 or 43 and pitted the second time. And then the caution came at 50, knowing that stage points got awarded at 55. That cycled them to the front. Kyle Bush ended up winning stage two. Joey Logano, second or third, yeah. I'm not sure which one it was, but uh, once he got, once Paul Wolf got him in that position with strategy on pit yeah. road, they kind of hung in the top five the rest of the day with, with a solid run. So I don't feel like they were going to drive their way there, but they got themselves there. But a, a good effort there. The nine car, Alan Gustafson, he, he, they have to win. They're at a point, yeah. they all understand it. We see it. They all see it as well. They have to get a win. And uh, Alan, when we got through that green flag cycle of the what should have been the last pit stop, the last needed pit stop, started early at 72, felt like 80 was probably the number. A lot of guys came 75. They were early. Alan ran him as long as anybody. I think out to, I think it was lap 80. It was close to 80. Mm-hmm. Um, he and the four car went long. And he's, his play at that point is, I'm going to run long and hope I a caution comes just after I stop. Right. And, and if he ran longer and the caution came out, he'd be buried. He'd be in trouble. So they took it and they took the gamble with 12 lap old tires when the lap caution came at 92 or three to, to stay out. And they, they were one of three cars, but they made it work. Finished mm-hmm. top five, I think a fifth place finish. You had multiple cautions. They might've had a fighting chance, but overall the 19 car was dumb. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great, great stuff out of Sonoma. That is for sure. And uh, we mentioned it. Ryan Briganti is the crew chief at Front Row Motorsports. Um, We're going to talk to him. He's a fascinating guy, fascinating story, and uh, can't wait to do that. So that's what we're doing here today on Crew Call. Stay with us. Ryan Briganti, he joins us next. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Welcome back to Crew Call. Loving every minute of talking to some of our friends from the garage area and joining us now from a beachside condo. He is not the only crew chief or NASCAR worker that is probably beachside or mountainside, and we appreciate him taking some time out. Ryan Burgenti joins us from up at uh, Front Row Motorsports. Hello, Ryan. How are you? 
Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? We are well. All right. Before we get into the NASCAR stuff, Beach, family, where are you at? What are you doing? What's your what's your getaway here? Yeah, we're we made the seven hour or so trip to the Outer Banks. Uh, first time Outer Banks for me. Um, got the girls here and some of our good friends and their girls. And right here at the beach, we're gonna we got a uh, morning run in this morning with uh, one of my kids. Now we're out in the pool and. I'm sure they're ready to go get some seashells here in a minute off the beach. So having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, really that's, that's, those are treasured times with one off weekend during the, uh, during the season, you have to take advantage of that. I'm, I'm glad you got the family time. Um, talk about, uh, I, I, I want to back this thing up. This is going to be kind of general, but tell us about the pass from Connecticut to cup <laughs> crew chief. That's uh, that, your story. I think is, is worth the tell. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, stories really just grew up a racer um my family was in racing the you know Plainville stadium and those days back in central connecticut and my father had grown up with michael and teddy christopher and so i was just was exposed to them as you know a toddler up through you know until, uh, until i moved to charlotte so if you know their history they're they're racers they race seven days a week if they could so it just slowly became a part of who i am and somewhere around 2005, six, I just said, you know, I'm going to work on race cars and I'm going to try it. I can't lo- ever look back and think I, I didn't attempt it. And so made the move down, um, you know, and then from there, it's just, I was raised on just, you know, hard work. You show up on time, you work harder than the guy next to you. You're honest and loyal. And um, if you do all the basics like that, right, then when opportunity comes, uh, hopefully you're prepared for it. So, you know, the next 10 years up until, I mean, I think 2009, I went out to Furniture Row. Um, Barney and Joe gave me an opportunity out there as a mechanic. Um, so took the chance, went out there. And then in 2000, 2013, had an opportunity to come back to um, North Carolina, car chief, uh, the one car at Ganassi for, you know, until 2019 or so. And we took, uh, took a little couple of years stint off when my wife and I had the first, our, our first child. Um, and then last year, good buddy Blake called me back and said, I need you back here. And so the story the last two years has been really, uh, it's been real re- rewarding for me. You know, it's um, come back racing with him a little last year. Um, now this year, the opportunity that, you know, Bob and Jerry and everybody at Front Row has given me to kind of help the 38 car. Um, you know, it's a dream come true. So I'm just, I'm trying to do my best, uh, you know, to, to be a good leader and a, a good uh, role model for you know, the, the company and it's been a good year. We're still, still working hard to get better in a lot of areas, but for sure it's, um, my story has been good and we're at this point now. Ryan, we're going to talk a lot about front row because what you guys are doing up there is amazing. What you did last year there and what you guys are doing now might even be a little bit more impressive, but I am always curious. And, and, and those that are not familiar with the history of the sport, Furniture Row is a fascinating step in so many people's journey because everything is based in North Carolina. And Barney Visser was vehement that he was going to base a team in Denver, Colorado. And when you decided to go to Barney Visser's, you weren't worried. You you were all in. The decision to go do that, what what is that like for a mechanic based in Charlotte to uproot to go where there's no fallback plan? There's no shop down the road that you can roll your two box to if you get disgruntled there. What's that decision process like for you and so many others that had great experiences out there? 
Yeah, I think, I, I mean, for myself, I don't know if it was that tough of a decision. Yeah. Um, mainly because it was the front side of my career and you're, you're kind of just looking for opportunity and stuff like that. So it, the timing of it was right. You know, you, you no, I wasn't married, didn't have a, a girlfriend at the time, had, had pretty much nothing other than my toolbox and a little apartment. So mm-hmm. the, the risk was easy for, for me to take. And I mean, the, the fascinating story for me about Furniture Row um, is it, really not about the racing. It's, it's about Barney himself as a person, right? It, once you get to know the kind of person he was and how he carried himself, how he treated his employees from the ground floor up, um, you know, he used to come in the shop there and Joe's office was right around the corner and he'd hook a left every day he'd come in. He'd hook a left and he'd go see the guys washing parts. And, and he really, that was probably the most instrumental thing for me in my career of being out there is just seeing how he carried himself. And it's, I've tried to look at that side of it, how to better myself moving forward in my career. Um, the, you know, the, the race car stuff is, it is what it is, right? We all work hard to do good in racing, but to separate yourself from that and, and to figure out what that next level in the industry is, it's really about people. So um, the furniture row um, stint I did was, is really good. Um, you know, obviously I left in 13, right when Martin got there and had the opportunity at, at Ganassi to come back this way. And so, you know, in hindsight, you'd probably say, it'd be nice to stay out there. They had a couple of good years stint there, but um, you know, what, what I take out of it and what I've learned out there and, and where I'm at, now in my career it's all um it was a really good experience i'm thankful for what barney and joe and everybody out there did and um i wish they were still around it was a really good uh, operation he had so um you know but we all move on and he's enjoying colorado and his family now and we're back over here racing yeah yeah really cool and and, and you you talk about you talk about your path um taking a year off and, and getting out of the sport how hard was it to drag you back into it for Blake? Uh, not that hard. No, we, <laughs> uh, I, I, and I'll be honest with you. I was back, we moved back to Connecticut for two years. And I, honestly, I was probably racing more with little Michael Christopher jr. And, and all my buddies back up there. Right. It, it, my dad's shop's only two or two doors down from where, um, where, where Teddy's shop is where Michael is now. And so it was pretty easy for, for me to come back merely because I was putting more hours in going to Stafford and working on modifieds. My wife's like, when are you coming home? And it's 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, you just, uh, you know, you're helping buddies and good buddies, but like, you know, Keith Rocco and them, and he has a, a big program. He's doing really well with up there with rental cars and stuff. And so, you know, I just kind of put my foot into that. And, and what we did is we committed to two years. And when Blake had called, we were, three days past the two-year window. So my wife and I already started having talks a couple of days prior of, do we want to stay here? And what's the long-term best, you know, healthiest opportunity and situation to put our family in? And um, Blake called and it was kind of a joke because he was doing some, uh, some shock stuff for me um, up there. And I was expecting him to tell me I didn't pay a bill or something <laughs> like that. But um, it, he just kind of told me what was going on and, and, I talked to the wife about it and uh, the opportunity to race with him. It was a lot of fun. And so we just jumped on board and we love Charlotte. Charlotte's where, where we're home. So we're back. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. You, you talked about, you talked about Barney and, and having the, the whole team atmosphere and being around with the guys came in as a car chief at the 34 last year. Now you're the crew chief of the 38 it leaves you a lot of really 
a lot of uh, relationships throughout the shop that, that's got to help kind of keep the shop together and, and you tied in with everybody, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I think, you know, it's weird to think that I'm crew chief in a, a car right now with, you know, the last, you know, 15, 17 years, you just, you had to be an engineer, right? It was just a really engineer driven sport. And, and so I think the, I, I think the benefit that someone of my kind of background has is that I've spent so much time on the ground floor with those guys that there's a different level of respect, a different level of understanding. It's a little bit of a different mindset. And at the end of the day, you're really just trying to accomplish the same thing, right? Like you're just, um, you're looking to build fast race cars. You're looking to go to the racetrack and, and be the best car there. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's been pretty smooth, uh, transition because I understand what it takes to execute all the stuff that it takes to make a race car go fast. But I also understand what we have at front row, right? So it's not, I'm not sitting upstairs with our engineer and, and demanding these results from a certain department that are not really, really not feasible for us. Right. So at front row with the size of company, we are the resources we have, there's a lot of split and hairs and decisions that go into just really, really, can we execute that properly? Um, there's, I have a list of things that I wish we can execute. Um, but I don't feel we can do it properly right now, given where we're at. So you just split hairs with that and, and you spend time on the floor with those guys. And, um, it's been a pretty good transition. Ryan, um, you, you talk a lot about Blake Harris. You're, you were, he was crew chief. You were um, uh, car chief on that uh, team last year. Blake gets an opportunity to go to Hendrick Motorsports. Great opportunity for him. You find yourself jumping to the other team and enter Travis Peterson, another engineer. That dynamic of co-crew chiefs with you, you've talked about not being an engineer. Travis, engineer, how does that dynamic work between the two of you? Um. I mean, it goes back to our desks are, are, you know, five feet apart from each other. Right. And, and, um, so you just, again, this goes back to understanding, right. And Travis is a little younger, but man, he's smart. He's, he's got a really good career in the industry ahead of himself. Um, a little more experience and going through the motions and all that. And, and I think what we've done this year is we've helped each other, um, find this mutual ground. Right. Um, Travis has a, a lack of the, you know, understanding of ground floor stuff, of executing stuff on the shop floor. Uh, and I have a, I ha- at the beginning of the year, I had a huge loophole of like that. I, I was, I had no information on running SIM and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and so what we've done is we just, I mean, we, we get in the middle. I ask him some basic questions about, you know, when I'm navigating SIM and just looking through, you know, stuff my engineers are sending me. Um, and he's forthcoming. He just straight up is like, this is how you do it. Right. Uh, and, and it's vice versa. So he'll come to me and say, Hey, I have an idea, um, you know, from an aero side or a production side on the ground floor. And we just talk about it. And at the end of the day, we're just, we're trying to build better race cars. Um, and without meeting in the middle, I, I think we'd be kind of dumb to do something different. Right. Um, it's really it's a tough industry. You want to be the best one, right? So there's a healthy competitiveness we have internally between each other, but at the same time, um, you know, we help each other and we're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's great because you both have strengths that are opposite of each or different than each other and can share those with each other. It sounds like a great relationship. Um, You know, as you look at, as you look at through the season so far, I, I was looking back through it, but 
I think over half of your races, you finished in the top 15. And, and that's, I think, yeah. I think that's an, that's an accomplishment for me looking at it. I feel like that's something that, that, you know, you guys have continued to grow this 38 team forward. It's been good so far. Your take on it? Yeah, <laughs> this is a tough week to look back on the results because uh, <laughs> yeah. Sonoma was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always say I've had a bad uh, history, and no matter where I've been in the, in the sport of going into off week and having a bad week. So, oh boy. <laughs> um, but but with that being said, the, <laughs> it's tough for me if you get to know me. Other than winning and winning practice, winning qualifying, and winning the race and leading every lap, I'm not happy, and so. Um, I, I do have to take a little time to slow myself down and reflect on what we're building and the pace that we're building it at, um, where the 38 was last year, essentially where we're at now, there's not much different, you know, um, if, you know, we have the dynamic there with two different drivers, um, and just trying to juggle a lot of things internally, but, um, it's been a, a solid year. I feel that we have not executed a couple things properly that have stopped us from having a few more better finishes. Um, but I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's better. It's, it's, we're doing okay, but I'd like to see some more top tens and top fives here coming soon. Well, you, I'll tell you what, I can tell you've hung out with Teddy and Mike Christopher with that answer. I mean, that is yeah. uh man, that is all TC right there. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me back that one up as you entered the season, what did you have for realistic goals and, and where do you feel you are relative to those? I mean, to be honest, you're going to think I'm crazy. I, I don't see any reason we can't go win a race. And um, given the schedule, you know, you look back at the schedule a couple of years ago and maybe six, seven years ago, the mile and a half, so you just had to be good mile and a half. Now with Chicago and some of these road courses they put in and stuff like that, you look back last year, what Todd did on the road course. I mean, truthfully, Walkins Glen, the kid was stellar, um, like really good and indie really good and i'm like man we can be better with our cars our builds we can execute better races and we're gonna put this kid in the shot to go win a race um so going into the season i just i mean i want to make chase and i want to win a race and ideally i'd like to average about 15th place every week no matter where we're at and um i feel our mile and a half stuff's gotten better um it's gonna be a never-ending struggle because the big teams have so many resources when it comes to just you know slowly advancing themselves and getting better every week but the road courses and short tracks and stuff we can i think we can run with them it's just takes a lot to put together a race so um i still feel we can win a race this this last weekend i had high hopes with zane and, and the results and um it just was a i don't want to say a disaster I, I was expecting to qualify just a little bit better than we did um, but we had a pit road penalty at the worst time, went a lap down, couldn't take the wave, it ran green the whole time. And so we just were throwing Hail Marys then and putting him in a bad spot to just try and get a lap back. And it just never panned out. So we're going to keep plugging away and I'm still hopeful we can contend for a win here this year. That is cool. That is really, really cool. I'm telling you what, I love that coming in. You, 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 you if you're not aiming for victory lane, where are you going? You know, I mean, you yeah. got you, I'm going to stay at the beach. If I'm not trying to win a race, I'm going to stay at the beach. There you go. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so you brought it up, um, you know, into the, into the start of the season, you, you, or maybe you knew it ahead of time. We didn't, but you, you got, you know, you and Todd had a relationship going, but Zane's filling in for, a, for a couple of races, uh, in the cup piece. 
how is that how is that dynamic of have catering to two different drivers and two different styles how's that affected you guys yeah i mean i mean it's i don't want to say it's the easiest thing to tackle um but with those two i call them kids now th- th- those guys yeah. they're buddies and they know each other and and Todd has done an exceptional job um, with handling it and his approach. Um, but from a, a, a functionality of the race team, it's, it's, it's quite tough. You know, you just, and it's, you, you always try to build the best car every week. That's, that's what it is. But the, the morale, you know, Todd, we had a stretch there where we went like, we had an average finish at like 12 or 13th for like five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you throw in a race with Zane and then, it just it just kind of deflates the balloon that you've pumped up there for, for a couple of weeks. So, um, but I think for myself, it's just understanding it's what we got, um, and we're not going to change that. And I've tried to you know shed light on it with the team and the group and stay positive. And, and the drivers have been positive. And again, um, Todd's got a big career ahead of him. The kid is good, and he's he's tackling all this the right way. So, um, you know, we just take the challenges as they arise. Um, we were a week to week team and, um, you know, now we got Todd in the car here for quite a while until I think Texas in the fall or something. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We are going to let you get back to the family at the beach. Um, we do appreciate you taking some time out from the beach vacation to join us here on crew call. We are uh, Todd and I, it's like every week we come in and we're, we're just loving the front row story, whether it's what Mm -hmm. you guys are doing or what, uh, what, what Michael and Travis are doing. It is just a fascinating tale to watch this go and winning races. I think, I think for either one of those cars, listening to you, either one of those cars, I think you still, you still could do that for sure so I'm, I'm gonna be a little cheerleader here but tell you that sonoma is nothing like the rest of the road courses so there you don't, go. <laughs> don't, don't let that one drive you down i looked at the history i mean at, uh, what fourth place finish at indy last year and really ran up there most of the day uh you know there's there's great opportunities yeah. you look at the rest of the schedule you've got to be really excited about you know yeah. five of the next 10 races a couple of super speedway races which you know your organization has done really well at and three road courses that i think you can be very competitive at uh the, the future looks great. I, I look forward to seeing where you can get. Yeah, I appreciate your time today. And we're, uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the year. Like I said, we're just, we're, uh, I'm a week to week guy. Um, <laughs> this week's the beach next week is Nashville and, um, we're trying hard and I just, everybody at front row deserves a little kudos, you know, from, from myself and just everybody in general, because we're a small group, we're a fun group. Um, and they've just, anytime, we've asked them to, you know, turn a sharp corner and deliver something. They've done their best and they've done a good job. So, um, you know, thank you to everybody there and all our partners and stuff like that. So, um, it's a good, good season so far, but I want to be back on here talking about a win soon. So. We'll do that. We always talk to first-time crew chief winners, so we're going to do that as the season unfolds. Ryan, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the family, and thanks for joining us here on Crew Call. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good afternoon, guys. There we go. Ryan Bergenti joins us here on Crew Call. Stay with us more in just a moment. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. And uh, yeah, the I, I joke around with all my friends. I was talking to some radio stations here this week. And I said, all my crew chief buddies, all my crew guy fans are going to have beach pictures and mountain trips. And we started right off with Crew Call from Ryan from the beach. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. I love that he took time out of the beach. Yes. Family time to, 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 to whittle out, you know, 20, 30 minutes for us. So. Uh, really cool. And, and his story and, and where they're going, you know, being involved, where he was, going back home. Yeah, spent I love a couple that. of years, the, the, the kind of lure back. Uh, we'd heard it from Blake that he called him to bring him back. Good to hear this side of the story. Yeah. I think the, I think we, you know, we live in, this is, this is way big picture stuff. We live in a society where you, you have this trajectory, this straight line trajectory in the career. If it's, if it's in motorsports, it's the state line trajectory to get to, to to become crew chief or competition director or whatever that role is at the top of the pecking order. And I just find it fascinating sometimes just taking a two-year time out to move back to Connecticut to work on modifieds may be one of the biggest and best steps in the whole process to get you back to where you need to go. But to refocus. Yeah. And like he said, he, he worked harder <laughs> doing that than... Yeah. And you do that, you know, those, those modifieds oh, out there, guys. Oh gosh, those guys are, oh. and, and they are, he talked about the Christophers and uh, they're is, diehard racers. That is hardcore right there. That yeah. is 24 seven, baby. That really is. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. Great, great, great story. Great stuff. And, and I, I think he brought up, uh, I thought I liked the points he made. Cause I wanted to ask that question about your path, but yeah, show up on time, show up early, work harder than the guy next to you, have a positive attitude and look forward. Yeah. And that's, that's, Boy. that's life, right? Yeah. And it's, those are the things that those people find success because yep. they're there to make it. Yep, absolutely. Even when you move to Connecticut, someone remembers that from Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. to call you to move to North Carolina. Yes. That's yeah, pretty cool right there. It is. It is. Pretty cool great stuff. Great story. Great, great story. That's for sure. NASCAR and off weekend. The, the off, off weekend. weekend for the Cup Series. No doubt about it. Um, man, oh, man. There is, uh, there's, there's just, there's just a lot of downtime for the crews and then everyone will start to show up the early part of next week behind with everything and scrambling and hair on fire. But that's, uh, that is kind of what it is. 16 races in, get an off week and come back to 20 straight. Right. And that, and that culminates with a 10 race playoff run. Yeah. Um, this, this off weekend is a definite needed rejuvenation and. Uh, time to spend some time with the family because it's going to get smaller and smaller as you get closer to playoffs. Absolutely. And that's what we encourage you to do this weekend. We're not going to be propped down listening to the radio or watching TV of the race. It's Father's Day. If your dad is still around, call him, talk to him, take him out to dinner, do whatever you do with your dads, spend a little quality time uh, with that. And uh, NASCAR will be back bigger, bolder than ever. All three series at Nashville next weekend. So uh, we encourage everyone to take a little downtime as well and just enjoy the family. Enjoy that time for sure. So we're going to get on out of here next week on the show. We're going to kind of maybe do a little recap, but also set the table for the run for the playoffs 
particularly in the Cup Series, but also take a look a little bit at Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. So we'll do that next week here on Crew Call. We appreciate Ryan Briganti for joining us here on the program. But more important than all of that, thank you for joining us here this week on Crew Call.